everybody, and welcome back to more of a comment than a question. My name is Paul Connor, and I am joined by my friend and colleague, Rachel Hartman. <laughs> I almost did it again. <laughs> How's it going, Rachel? It's all right. Um, it's been quite a hectic week. Um, we so I have a little story to tell. Uh, okay. Our house got broken into, and. Oh. Um, so yeah, so we went to visit my grandmother on Sunday, and she gave me three envelopes with cash to give to my siblings because my parents are going to come to the wedding, and then I'm supposed to give it to my parents to give to my siblings in Israel. And it that had a total of five hundred dollars in it, and also my dad has been sending packages from Amazon to my house so that he could like pick them up when he gets here, and that had like a hundred dollars worth of packages. And those were all like in a pile near the door, and then in the middle of the night, someone just like broke in. I guess maybe I left the door unlocked, and they just like took the pile of packages and cash, and it was just gone in the morning. Wow, that's weird. Could could you see the pile of packages and cash from outside, or was it just yeah, this thief I think, had I mean, incredible you luck? That you couldn't see that there was cash, but you could see the envelopes. Yeah, we had the blinds open. So, but like, I don't know. I thought it was a safe neighborhood, and then it turns out that there's like that other people have also had incidences in the past couple of weeks. And so, wow. anyway, um, so that's been a little distracting and <laughs> kind of hard to to do work. And then I was trying to catch up on work before taking time off for the wedding. So. That's my life. Um, how are you doing? <laughs> oh, that sounds that sounds terrible and stressful. So I assume you sort of called the police and all that. Yeah. Um, mm. Obviously, there's nothing they can do about it. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, hmm. That sucks. I guess. I guess that stuff's just gone. Yeah. It's, I mean, it seems very the, unlikely. It was none of it was actually my stuff. So, mm. in a sense, I was lucky, I guess. <laughs> I feel bad for my siblings who, like, yeah, thought that they were yeah. getting... Yeah, yeah. I mean, does your grandma believe you? Because <laughs> yeah. it sounds... <laughs> yeah, we just, le- I, we just left it by the door, and now it's gone, and you need to send more money now. Grandma. No, she, yeah, she's like, I wish I could send more, but I don't have... It. And it's like, yeah, obviously you're not going to resend the money. Right. Maybe... More of a comment can do our first crowdfunder. <laughs> yes. Help me get back the money so I can give it to my siblings so they don't hate me anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, what are we going to talk about? Yeah. Um, I think the theme of today's episode is uh, offense. People taking offense at things. Um, we thought it would be fun for Halloween to sort of talk about cultural appropriation and costumes, which is a topic that comes up around this time every year. At least it has for the past, I don't know, seven years, maybe. Um, but yeah, but then we sort of realized that it's connected to a lot of other things that are going on right now, things that are going on. Um... So you can you can start us off with your thoughts on anything. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I thought like it was sort of this common thread. We had a few different topics. Another one was the Dave Chappelle controversy that's been going on. Um, 
and another one was this incident at Yale uh, that this student, uh, Trent Colbert, sent an email and um, kind of offended a bunch of people. There were a bunch of complaints about him, so he was brought for, like, multiple meetings with uh, DEI experts. That's the one with the trap house? Trap house, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So um, and I was kind of looking at these topics and had this sort of realization that well, like to, I mean, I'm interested in cultural appropriation, and I've like uh, it's it's been interesting for me for a long time that topic, and I think it's quite complex. I even taught a class at Berkeley, cultural psychology, where we got to talk about it, and it was quite we had quite interesting discussions as a class. Um, and I always have just sort of thought, well, you know, there are clear cases where it it feels like there's something wrong, right? Like, so I, I was telling you earlier, like my wife. Um, is Mexican. She is generally um, generally rolls her eyes at like accusations of cultural appropriation. To be honest, like if if somebody is trying to complain that ah um, oh, it's white people making tacos, you know, like or white people starting a Mexican restaurant, she's she's not that concerned about that. But just uh, like there there are some things that do bother her, bother her, right? Like so, if she sees sort of white American dudes running around in sombreros, say mm-hmm. on like Cinco de Mayo, and with like fake mustaches and stuff like that, she does find that offensive. Yeah, um, but like, I, who doesn't find that offensive? <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. And so, and like for me, I I've always thought like sometimes when people evoke the notion of cultural appropriation i just totally disagree that there's any anything wrong like people listening to music from other cultures or people trying to like embrace something from another culture or learn something from another culture just doesn't seem wrong to me at all um but then there are these sort of things where you're like ah yeah like um the you know the washington redskins for example like the i mean the and i i guess i kind of think that most of the cases that i do think are problematic what's problematic about it is that like people are doing things that are sort of offensive to a group um Mm -hmm. right so like the cinco de mayo thing uh you know it's a certain kind of hat it's a certain kind of costume it's like a sort of caricature of uh, a sort of a culture or a people and you know it, it is kind of offensive and like the word redskins i know like um i've seen data on this not not all native americans find it offensive but a decent number do uh find it offensive so yeah I, and i guess i the concept of offense is interesting and ambiguous to me. Like, it seems like something to me that um, we should care about. Like, it it doesn't... I think it has some moral weight, Mm -hmm. but how much moral weight it has and what what should the policies around it be, I just don't know. And I think, like, it's kind of an interesting question to to think about. Like, what... um, what does it actually mean for some, if somebody says that's offensive to me? Um, and what sort of uh, claims does that give a person over others? Yeah. Right? It, if they, if they uh, make that claim and if we believe them, what, what sort of rights are entailed or duties are entailed by that? Uh, 
Yeah. So, what? Yeah. What, yeah, do, you, what do, do you? How do you think about it? I think like I've changed my mind on this a lot. I've sort of gone back and forth. Um, I used to like really believe strongly that if you offend someone and you sort of hurt their feelings, that psychological pain is very real and um, it shouldn't be treated differently than physically hurting someone. And the sort of like the fact that we differentiate the two is like a mistake. Um, but then I, I think like the problem with that I think that it is true if you can sort of like really know. I think it's like a almost like an epistemological question. Like you don't you you can know when someone is physically hurt. You can see their bruises, you can see their blood whatever. You can't know when someone is offensive off, offended by something and because of that there's this sort of danger of people like exaggerating or lying or just like even like maybe they they are actually offended but like they're making you know yeah just like it, it's you, you can't really know like what's going on in their uh mm. in their feelings and thoughts and everything and so i think we should be able to like yeah ideally we would just like treat it the same but we can't do that and so we kind of have to treat offense as like a separate thing that's maybe not as bad and that maybe we don't have to deal with as much. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty interesting, right? Um, because it would seem strange to say we are like, it's against the law to put on a sombrero and a fake mustache. Um, you, you're not allowed to do that in our society because of how it makes some other people feel. Because, you know, like, it, it doesn't really hurt anybody. Like, well, it, it certainly doesn't physically hurt anybody to put on a sombrero and a mustache uh, and go out with drinking with your, with your friends, right? Um, but it could certainly it could certainly cause offense and and so I mean there are no laws against it right like there's no like federal laws but the interesting thing for me is that inside certain institutions in the U.S. they're kind of effectively are becoming laws mm -hmm. against doing things like that right because say like if you show up you show up to the like psychology department at UNC in a sombrero and a fake mustache and I'm <laughs> I'm kind of laughing thinking about that image but like say a Mexican colleague sees you I think that um it is actually very possible that you could be punished or even um like expelled say if you continue to show up like every day in the sombrero and you are like asked not to um and sort of brought before like some committee uh, because there's these policies about, um, you know, we want to make a safe, inclusive atmosphere for everybody. I guess it would sort of be classed under, like, harassment, right? Like, yeah. you're doing this thing. You don't have to do this thing. It upsets this person. You know it, ups you know it upsets this person. Um, and you're still doing it. Um, so I actually think, like, 
But it's also this vague area because there there are certain things that you might do that might annoy another person that you'd totally be protected because there's just there wouldn't be there wouldn't be like consensus agreement that what you're doing is offensive. Yeah. You know, and it's almost like so say for example I don't know, you were wearing a, a, a New England Patriots shirt and like somebody really hated the Patriots because they thought they were cheats and, the, and they were like complaining to the like diversity and inclusion committee. It, it really offends me that Rachel's wearing this shirt. Like that team cheated and stole like, and definitely they'd be told not like, that's not a thing. Right. right. Like, yeah. so, so, but I'm not sure and we can obviously point to differences between them, but I, like, I'm not sure that we have clear boundaries between what fits in the former category and what fits in the latter category. Like something that you would get expelled for if you said, mm-hmm. no, I'm going to keep doing this and things that you, you wouldn't, where it would be, they, I mean, they might ask you, Hey, like, <laughs> I know this is weird, but your colleague really doesn't like that New England Patriots t-shirt. Would you mind not wearing it? But like, I definitely don't. Yeah. So, I mean, what? Well, I think part of it is probably like, it probably has to do with power. Um, because you know, that's like a central narrative, uh, to a lot of this. And so if, and yeah, just like how, um, people of different cultures are treated in America. Mm. Um, But it's not, I mean, even then, like, it's not clear that there is this hierarchy where, like, the people who are treated the worst, it's sort of like the worst to culturally appropriate their stuff, and then people who are treated better, then it's okay. But, I mean, maybe there is, I don't know, like, people don't really take offense at, you know, if you're, like, doing Irish stuff or British stuff or, I don't know, like... Do you are you offended by Outback Steakhouses from with that like kind of I don't know it seems to me like they're kind of like caricaturing Australia. Yeah, no, I mean, i i had a I had a photo. We went to this water park and they had this uh, little section of the water park that was called Boomerang Bay, and it was like kangaroos and koalas everywhere, and these big signs saying "G'day, mate" and all that stuff like that. Um, <laughs> And yeah, sort of caricaturing uh, Australian culture. I didn't find it offensive, but I don't think that's that means much. Like that, I I didn't find that offensive because I think like what people would say is like, yeah, but like Australians are not um, marginalized. People. Right. Yeah. Which right. is yeah, that's yeah. kind of ties into the the point that I was trying to make is like maybe that is a central part of it. Yeah. Yeah. But I think I also am not sure. Okay, so like that does seem a central part of it, but I'm also not sure it's sufficient, right? Like I I don't think just because you're part of a group that has been given this status marginalized, and I think it's actually really complicated who gets that status and who doesn't, and there's no real clear rules there. Like there's no, it's not written anywhere uh what you know the the guidelines for categorization is marginalized but i guess we all kind of know just there's a general just consensus about who these groups are um 
I don't think you can just say, uh, well, I'd like to think you can't just say I'm marginalized. I'm part of a marginalized group and I'm offended by what that person's doing. Therefore they need to stop it. Right. Like you can't, I don't think it's realistic to think that you could just pick on, pick anything, uh, and just, I mean, I think like sometimes the arguments are a bit tendentious about like why something's offensive. Um, Mm -hmm. right. Uh, so for example, there's that, that Yale issue that happened this week. There was another thing we were, we were talking about. Um, so just quick backstory. There was a, a Yale law student sent out an email, uh, I guess to his department or colleagues, um, inviting people to what he called, um, a trap house. And, uh, it, and it said in the email, we will be serving fried chicken, um, and some other snacks, and but people, basic um, bitch, American food, basic bitch, American food. Yeah. Uh, and so it, it, there was a lot of complaints that this was offensive, that this email was offensive and it was, um, there was three things that people complained about. One was the uh, use of the phrase trap house, um, which the argument was this has racial connotations because it's it, it, it sort of that term came about through as meaning like a crack house or like a drug house in a poor neighborhood, many of which in the States are, are associated with black neighborhoods. And then the fried chicken thing where it was like, that's a stereotype that, black Americans eat uh, a lot of fried chicken. And then the third thing was um, it mentioned this group that this student is part of, the Federalist Society. I don't know Mm -hmm. much about them, but I think they're like a conservative group. And so the argument was this group has historically supported anti-black narratives. So it was just very offensive to these students who who complained to read these, these things in the email, right? And so... Yeah, it's interesting. Like, I mean, the fried chicken thing, I just, like a lot of, I love fried chicken. Like, it's my favorite food. I don't, How like, I you? only, <laughs> yeah, like, I, you know, I just think, yeah. Um, but I think all three of these things are pretty tendentious, right? Like, so the, the phrase trap house, um, you know, I was reading about it before and it's, it's like actually pretty commonly used among, uh, teens as just kind of a, like a fun way to describe sort of party houses and stuff like that. Like, so it's almost like a, you're evoking sort of, this is, we're being transgressive. We have a trap house. This is where we go and, and drink and stuff like that. And, um, in the Urban Dictionary, for example, it doesn't have any sort of racial connotations. Um, it says it came from like a house in a like poor neighborhood where people would do drugs or buy drugs or something like that. Um, the fried chicken thing, I just think, no, like, I mean, I, it's true that there is that stereotype out there. But to go from the existence of that stereotype to like a, an implied rule that you can't send an email inviting people to a party and advertise that you're serving fried chicken. There is a sense in which, like, you're, like, perpetuating the stereotype by doing that, like, by making it sort of a thing that you're not allowed to say. You're continuing to, like, strongly associate it with black people. And, like, Mm. yeah. So, uh, yeah, it doesn't... I think if... And it's possible that, you know, if that was in isolation, I think part of it is just all of the things together. 
mm. were offensive. Like mm. if it was just an invitation to a party and they mentioned we're going to be serving fried chicken, I don't think anyone would have cared. Mm. Um, yeah, but I think the trap it, house is like one of the main things. But then, yeah, I, mm. it seems to me from like reading about this and I listened to a little bit of the recording that the student had um, a meeting with the administrators and yeah, it seems like he actually like didn't know what the term meant and like that gets mm. that you know that ties back to the whole like how much do intentions matter and like all that which I don't know if we want to get into but yeah so he was he was called in he had multiple meetings and you know from what I read like they were just sort of well they were pressuring him to write an apology email um, yeah. that and he he didn't want to do it so it one meeting became two became three or something like that um and he wanted to sort of talk it out with the people that had been upset but he wasn't given that opportunity and like i from what i i haven't actually listened to the um transcript or anything like that but from from some of the transcripts i read that yeah there were some pretty like sort of um blatant implicit threats about sort of retaliation and his career and stuff like that like they were saying things to him like um you know you really should apologize like the it's a small world the legal community is a small world and you know when you when you come up from a for the bar exam you know we wouldn't want to have to um you know uh recommend against you based on this behavior and stuff like that um so i guess like that example this is Yale Law School, right? Um, but that example suggests to me that, I mean, you can, you can claim offense at like fairly tendentious things right. uh, and have them taken pretty seriously, like in these institutions, if, you, if you're part of like a marginalized group. Yeah, so what do you think, like, in terms of an apology, what would be... A reason, I mean, I guess like, you know, everyone has the right to say or not say whatever they want, but like, mm. if I know that for me personally, if I learn that I've offended someone, mm. it won't matter to me really whether the offense was like based on something that I did intentionally or not, um, or whether I believe that they have like a valid reason to be offended. It's sort of like, you know, they're offended. I didn't mean it, but I'm going to say sorry because I care about their feelings and hope that, you know, that mm. resolves things. Um, but mm. it seems with this and then with also, I forget the name of the other student we talked about like a few episodes ago with Manny, um, the med student. Yeah. Bhattacharya, uh, I'm sorry. It's like it was an Indian yeah, sounding like name. That. Yeah, so like yeah. with both of these there's a little bit of like a feeling of like these students are being a little aggressive unnecessarily and they're like standing their ground which is good but also like if you've offended people it's also okay to just apologize even if you didn't mean it and I think mm. that I don't know I'm taking the controversial view on this yeah I mean no it's it's a legitimate question, right? Like, so is it... Because I, I definitely think it's possible that it, it's a good thing that claims of offense are given such weight. 
Um, I, yeah, should you just apologize if you've offended somebody? I, I guess I, I don't know the answer to that because I guess I just think there's a world in which, um, the concept creep just sort of keeps going right Mm -hmm. like and and like claims of offense continue just to get weaponized i mean like so one one thing was like well you know they were saying we were triggered just by the mention of this conservative group yeah right so like ridiculous that's yeah so like how if you you're gonna like apologize you're Mm -hmm. implicitly sort of agreeing you know yeah i shouldn't do that like we shouldn't mention the federalist society in emails to the so like that's just that's a very weird sort of implied rule and policy because you're kind of saying there's certain groups conservative groups like can you know based on their history and based on like strong disagreements that you have with this group it's offensive to even sort of bring them up and, and like mention them to people because that's, that's triggering. And I, I think like, it's, it's obviously good to be compassionate and care about people's feelings and stuff like that. But there's also this broader cultural thing going on where, you know, like it, it really could be that it's getting a little bit out of control what people are offended by. Uh, and, and also, like you mentioned, like people can weaponize this stuff, uh, to, I don't know, like get rid of groups that they have political disagreements with, or or get rid of people from institutions that, that they disagree with their politics, um, and so forth. Um, so yeah, like, I don't know. I don't know. Like, so if you are just going to take the policy of, well, if anybody tells me that I offended them. Uh, this is this actually connects to a review I got this week um, too because I got all these I got this new reviewer on this ma- manuscript who kind of is asking for all these changes to make like it more inclusive and the language more inclusive and stuff like that and I'm like definitely just gonna make all those changes <laughs> that they're asking for right because like well, like why not like wh- why would I stand my ground on this thing but it's also it's also just interesting like how much of a moving target these things are, right? So, like, for example, in in this paper, well, like, one thing they're saying I shouldn't say is the word blacks, right? Um, Oh, definitely. You didn't know that? (laughs) Well, it's... I read the word blacks in social science papers, like, all the time, and I I use the word... old papers. Yeah, but I I don't understand it, because I use the word whites, and I use the word Asians, and there was no complaints about that. But, like, and also, like, I've heard very progressive black people say the word blacks. Like, blacks are this, blacks like that. Like, it's, it's, and it, you know, if you have a word count, it saves words rather than saying, like, black people. But whatever, like, uh, I'll change it. I don't know if they didn't say I should change whites to white people, but I, 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 it would be kind of weird to say, like, whites, Asians, black people, like, in every, every single time. And, but this is kind of like, I don't know. I, it, I, it's, I, I don't really think it helps anybody for us to stop saying blacks in social science papers and start saying black people, right? Like I don't, 
because if if there's somebody out there that's honestly offended by reading the word blacks i if, may like maybe they'll be spared a, a tiny little bit of suffering the next I, I, the next paper they read where it says black people and not blacks but i really think that like if if this person is at that point where they find that offensive and and hurtful i just think i kind of think it's likely that they'll move on and just find something else that they find just offensive and it, and it's like sort of a never ending a never ending game where we're just like constantly updating language and terms um and making all these changes that i think yeah don't necessarily really help anybody um but anyway that that was kind of a that was kind of a digression right like so in my case in this review i i will definitely just back down and you know i'm not going to like send the paper back and say i'm so sorry for using the word blacks right, but like yeah. i i will i will definitely just back down cuz why why not but i also think you know and we sort of touched on this in a conversation that we were having like if you have a situation where like the only acceptable thing to do is to apologize and back down and accept the validity of like all claims of offense and you know change your behavior and stuff like that i just think there is a cultural risk there of like this thing just this concept just creeping and and getting out of control um like some i mean some things yeah uh like we can't use the word like master anymore because it like connects to slavery and like so let's get rid of master but then like i kind of think well say like no nobody uses the word master anymore like i mean like what what's going to be next right like the word own mm-hmm. like that's offensive because that evokes you know people human beings used to own other human beings like like yeah. or like the word plant that evokes plantation and you know like there used to be slavery on like do you know do you know what i mean i yeah, just think definitely. like it was like when i was um i was in americorps for a year and when we started out people would say uh it was it was very interesting from a like sociological perspective like i think someone should do a study on this but like they started to really like uh embed us in the culture and they said um one of the things was you can't say the, you can't say crazy like if you're like wow that's so crazy you can't say that because it's like not inclusive or whatever and so you should say bananas well it's like okay but like now the word bananas just means the same thing like and you've just yeah. all you've done is replaced one word with another and yeah it makes no sense and like everyone knows mm. that when you say bananas you mean crazy and yeah and it's like okay what's going to be the next word and so yeah i definitely like agree with what you're saying about the concept creep and it's yeah and I guess like when I was thinking about the the email and what he should apologize for I think he should and again I just want to be clear it's not I'm not saying like he should be compelled to apologize but more like it would be like that's what I would do and sort of like it would be nice if he apologized but I think it definitely would be for like unintentionally offending people by using the word trap house, but definitely not for like talking about a conservative group on campus or whatever it was. Right. Like, and, but then I was trying to think about, well, 
what's the meaningful distinction there and like what's the rule that we can go by and I don't really have one it's just like one of them seems like something that's legitimate to be offended by and one of them seems like it isn't but that's just me arbitrarily and subjectively deciding what's legitimate which is not okay to do Uh, so I don't know yeah I don't know how we decide but but like there are things that it's clear to to us that it Mm. would be you know if he had used the n-word yeah it's sort of like everyone knows that that's not okay and like he should apologize for that kind of right yeah so i don't know yeah i mean that's a that's a slur like it it's always been a slur it's it's an insult um which you know i think gives it gives it a kind of cl- clear status as as something you shouldn't be saying i just think like hmm if you okay so you you think it's legitimate for people to be upset about the words trap house i don't know i mean that's what i was thinking but i i really do change my mind about this a lot and like yeah but let's unpack it like let's say you're right like what why right what what would be well, I mean, I guess I was just accepting on face value because I had never heard the word before either. And like, I mean, I hadn't heard it in any context. So I didn't like have any pre-existing knowledge coming in. Then like I heard people saying that they were offended by it because it like invokes all these racial stereotypes and like, um, and that it's kind of like calling something ghetto or something like that, which... I kind of, you know, I do know that that's something that people are offended by. And so, yeah, I guess, like, just mainly that that it conjures up the image of, like, black people doing street drugs, mm. which is, we mm. don't want to be conjuring that image. Hmm. Yeah. I guess, hmm. Maybe it does, like. Definitely not to me, but like. Do we? To yeah. Other people. I, well, I, I, I actually was kind of confused about the term trap house because I'm aware of this podcast called Chapo, Chapo Trap House, uh, and I guess like I was aware of what a crack house was, but trap is a different word to crack. So I guess I kind of assumed it was. I mean, it sounds like a music style to me, like. <laughs> Do you, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, so I, I, it's just more like one of those cultural things that you've heard and you don't fully know what it means. So to me, it didn't like really have clear connotations. Um, but I also think, okay, like, so say, okay, say, say it's true that for a majority of people, it conjures up poor black people doing drugs, right? Um, I mean, like, the phrase in a city might conjure up images of poor black people. I definitely, I, I actually have a sweatshirt um, that I really like with just the word tenderloin on it. And so the tenderloin is this, uh, it's like the skid row of San Francisco. And it's like, it's full of like poor homeless people doing drugs. Right. So by this logic, is that sweatshirt okay for me to wear? I mean, 
I kind of like it because I like the design and I think Tenderloin is a cool name for like a neighborhood like you wouldn't in Australia we wouldn't call a neighborhood the Tenderloin like it's it's just kind of charming and interesting to me uh and I used to live close by the Tenderloin yeah so I mean by that logic that would be offensive like I guess I just think like if you can't use terms that conjure you, you know I mean obviously if you're trying to have a conversation about the drug problem in inner cities you have to conjure up right. images of poor black people doing drugs but i guess you would say that's different they should yeah. just never be they should never be conjured unless they're being explicitly discussed for a morally good reason <laughs> i think i think we've sorted it out we have our yeah. rules um, uh, but one thing i did want to bring up is like how this can backfire. Um, so mm. this is a point that um, Scott Alexander made uh, in Slate's Narcotics, um, mm. where he makes the point that, like, if you tell people, if you, like, make the, if you're like, okay, it's really not okay that you're saying that the people from Comoros are gay. People from Comoros mm. are definitely not gay. Um, that's just like, that's so insensitive and a lie. And, and, and you just like keep repeating that. And then like, after a few weeks, you just like say like, what do you know about people from Comoros? Like people are just going to be like, oh, they're gay. Right. Like, cause that's, yeah. and so it's, I think like kind of people, the, the same sort of backfire effect might happen if you're like, people weren't really aware that trap house was a word. Yeah. and didn't really have any negative connotations with it. Now you're just yeah. going around talking about like how bad it is to say that word and that it's like, you know, it has all these yeah. negative associations and like you definitely shouldn't say that word because of all that. And then I, now you've like created that association in thousands mm. of people who would otherwise not associate it. And so like, I'm not really sure if the whole discourse about it is doing like just from the perspective of wanting to reduce that, I think it's doing more harm than good. Hmm. That's an interesting empirical question. I mean, as social psychs, we should probably know if there's research on that, right? Like if you, yeah, cause it, it definitely was. Yeah. Like no, nobody explicitly made the connection between the words trap house or even fried chicken and, and black people um, that it was the complainants like and you said that earlier right it's like well like aren't aren't you the one making that that connection explicit so yeah I think when we had my friend Kat on the pod she said something kind of interesting like which was similar about how she hopes to train her children to not be racist and she said like it'll be counterproductive if you took your kid to the garden and and you said and these are the these are the white flowers and these are the blue flowers and these are the pink flowers and there's nothing wrong with the pink flowers they're just as good <laughs> as the white flowers and the blue flowers yeah uh you know it's it's almost inevitable that the kid's gonna be like hmm why why <laughs> why, why is my mom making such a point that yeah so I guess it's possible. Like it's kind of, hmm, it's kind of an empirical question. Uh, yeah, like 
I don't know. Okay, so let's say, yeah, let's say it is true that Trap House has this connotation and it conjures up images in people's minds. I mean, the isn't the argument that, like, it's not necessarily the images... Well, yeah, so I think, like, what people would say is that, like, it does actual harm uh, to have these images conjured up and these associations reinforced because that's not where it ends right like those those images those associations remain in people's minds and then i don't know when they're looking at job applications for white and black candidates they lead to sort of implicit biases that that make them like associate the white candidates with better qualities and and so like and this these stereotypes so it's a, it's kind of a different argument. Like it's not about I'm hurt because just because you said that and raised the image of poor mm-hmm. black people in my right. mind. It's a different argument. It's like I'm hurt because you raised this image and I'm concerned about the social consequences of this image. Right. Yeah. And I think that ties into the Dave Chappelle thing, mm. um, where people there are these like two layers to that so people are like really offended by uh dave chappelle's latest um and last i guess um special on netflix where he made a lot of trans jokes and people were i mean I i feel like like people were making both claims that both that like it's offensive to trans people and that it will lead to actual literal violence against trans people um, and those two are hard to disentangle, and like I feel well, we like have good e- we have really good evidence for one, but not the other, right? Th- that people are offended. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, they say they're offended. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, also, yeah. Another thing which we should just come back to because, like, a tangent. Self report. But... <laughs> Self reports the foundation of our whole discipline, by the way. <laughs> That's true. Um, but yeah, a whole like other th- thing is. Um, what was I gonna say? I don't remember. I'll come back to it. Um, mm. But yeah. So what? I don't know what to do about the like empirical claim because how are you if someone if a trans person is murdered tonight Mm. Mm. are you going to look back at the murderers netflix history and see if they watched the show i mean even if you did that's just like correlational Mm. and like not Mm. really and Mm. then there's like you know a bunch of people who watched the show who didn't engage in violence against trans Mm. people yeah it, it was actually really interesting what the CEO of Netflix... Did you read, like, his statement? Um, I, I think I heard something about it where he was just saying that people... That Netflix is a company that caters to a lot of different tastes and, like, if you don't like it, go watch something else. <laughs> was that the... Just... Yeah, no, but he also... He got a little bit social scientist in it. It was really interesting. Like, he actually said... We, as a company, do not believe that, like, content, like, just, like, comedy specials lead to violence. 
we like he and he sort of said like and it's again correlational evidence but he said like you know the amount of violence on tv and in movies and in video games has increased rapidly over the past hundred years while the world has become much less violent uh so we we don't actually think there's a clear causal connection between you know entertainment and real world harm uh and violence and i yeah like there's certainly no evidence linking like watching dave Chappelle's special to you know committing violence against um against the trans community or i mean he i mean he also made jokes about other groups too right like um how did you feel about the space jews (laughs) okay first i take offense to you calling most of what he said jokes because it just wasn't (laughs) funny (laughs) and this is i am not i wasn't like thinking that i would be offended by anything and i wasn't not even about the space jews jokes although i think they were in poor taste but it's it's fine <laughs> isn't uh, that the same thing no. I, I think that's important i'm not offended I that's just, just in poor taste yeah Damn i mean it. no i wouldn't like it didn't i didn't feel hurt by it and i don't think that um but yeah i don't know it's just whatever but mm. like mm. they weren't nothing was funny that's my main complaint about the show I, yeah, I, I, I guess I was like only half paying attention to it. I, I kind of enjoyed it. Like he's got a night, like, I feel like he's enjoyable just to sort of listen to even when it's just kind of a story and not, there's not obvious punchlines and jokes. And I definitely thought there were some funny moments. Um, yeah. I mean, I think I laughed like twice in the I mean, whole he, hour and whatever. I kind of like, I like how he he plays around with that edge of like did i go too far like you guys are laughing and he puts this like mischievous little look on his face of like yeah i just said that people yeah uh, and he really yeah he that's his thing like he plays he plays with that line um but i guess whether it was funny or not hmm. yeah that's i don't know i've seen I i've seen <laughs> i've seen worse i mean i didn't like um so hannah gadsby sort of put out a statement and she was because um the netflix boss had raised her name right like so he said no well we have a lot of very diverse content like we also hosted like nanette from hannah gadsby do you know who this is you're sort of no, looking at me like no you're oh, okay so she's i think a lesbian australian comedian and she did this show called nanette that was hugely popular uh and it was similar in a way of like being a stand-up set that just didn't have many jokes in it it was like a long lot of sort of like pretty rambly and man people were like obsessed with it and just raving about it and i watched it and i actually literally fell asleep i don't i don't know if i was just super tired that day but i just found it so boring so i was like kind of gets me nah Chappelle's funnier than you like so she put out this statement and she actually was pretty personal about dave Chappelle in it. she's like don't don't bring my name into it when this this immature man is trying to work out his like half half when did she say like his undeveloped personality and problems or something on and you want to pay him 20 million dollars to do it or something like that and i you know um yeah i didn't i didn't i just didn't think she was very funny so i was like no. Yeah, don't 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 insult my my guy Dave Chappelle like that. But 
yeah like i actually don't have never found him like the funniest i mean people talk about him as if he's like the greatest stand-up of all time and yeah i don't i don't really see that but anyway let's take one of his jokes so at one point in the special he he makes this joke about like he said like i'm not saying trans women aren't women but and then he was kind of like the joke was but we all sort of know that they're pussies Mm -hmm. are not like totally real normal pussies and then he's like they're like impossible it's like impossible pussy oh, yeah. or uh, like it's like uh, that's not blood that's beetroot and then that was kind of like the, the punchline right and so like I was thinking about this joke and I was thinking like okay like can we unpack why this is why this is offensive right because it's just like it's technically true that if you're a trans woman there are differences between your like yeah. you can get surgery and like have a vagina created but it is different to like a biological female's vagina and i my understanding is that the trans community as a whole doesn't really deny the rea- that biological sex um is a reality and it's kind of being trans is sort of defined by your gender identity not matching your biological sex as far as i understand and I used to date a trans woman, so I feel like I have all of the authority on the subject now. Um, But as far as I know, there's sort of like two main camps in the trans community in terms of like some people really do fall on that end of the spectrum where they say like there are clear, there's only two genders. I was born as the wrong gender. I was like, you know, assigned the wrong gender when I was born. And now I've corrected it and I'm the right gender and it's just like Mm. black and white. And then Mm. on the other end of the spectrum, there's like every, you know, there's so many different ways in which biological sex is defined. And there's like, you know, genitals and but also chromosomes Mm. and Mm. hormones and like all these different ways that you could define biological sex. And then gender also is expressed in so many different ways. Like there, you know, what it means to be feminine or be masculine is dependent on culture and whatever. And so like, yeah, like, I don't think that there's, I think there's a lot of disagreement within the trans community about that. Mm. And like Mm. also outside of the trans community, just like a lot of people Mm. have different thoughts about that. And yeah, I don't, not gonna take a stand but yeah so would you do you think your ex would like because i mean obviously there is a difference between a artificially created vagina and and a real vagina like one one can you know give birth to human beings and and the other can't (laughs) so i think as far as i know so there's a physical difference there so like it is the offensive part like point pointing that out or is the offensive part just where he sort of goes i'm not saying trans women aren't women but yeah and then sort of the implication is because there's this difference because there's this physical difference you know there's a caveat on my statement that trans women are women Mm -hmm. it's like you're women like but yeah i think it's it's both um and this is something that it really like like dating her was 
very eye-opening to what it's like. And because, like, her life was just defined by constant reminders that she's not woman enough. Like, that she she wasn't, like, passing enough and uh, people would misgender her a lot and, like... You know, she'd have to, like, present official documents and they were, like, in the wrong name and, you know, all this. And it was just, like, you'd think that you'd she'd just get used to it because, like, that's her life, right? But it wasn't, it was, like, every single time that happened, it was, like, a crushing blow to her spirit. And, like, it was, it was really, like, painful for her, like, you know. Mm. I mean, I think part of that is just, like, that's she's a sensitive person and like that's yeah I don't I definitely don't think that that's everyone's experience but mm. it is sort of like and I, I don't know if offense is the right word here but it like it hurts mm. I think mm. that I I believe that and I empathize with trans people who are hurt by the the special because it hurts if you see yourself one way and you're doing your best to get other people to see you the same way that you see yourself. And like, no matter how hard you try, you just you keep failing. And like, people keep reminding you of what a failure you are at, at like doing that. And they keep, yeah, like. So I, I, I can feel like I really do feel the pain in that. Um, and then there's a question of like, what should we do about? that the fact that that's painful yeah i think like that's a great point right like um yeah and for i guess that person the idea that somebody is just on a stage like cracking jokes about how your vagina is not like a real vagina uh and people laughing yeah. and yeah it's people just like... laughing oh and, and the knowledge that it's hugely popular like mm. it's the most watched he's the most watched comedian on, on netflix and you know people everywhere are just sort of yeah just laughing at you like or like m- making f- making fun of you or just making fun of laughing at the observation of your difference when like what you really want is to be not different and to be accepted uh, as a full woman. Yeah, it does make it seem kind of mean. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, it does. And I mean, and I do think like, especially, like I think that um, as a society, we've sort of moved away from a lot of jokes in general about like gender and race and ethnicity and like it used to be really common to make jokes about like Polish people or you know I don't know just random nationalities which we don't really do anymore but mm. the and so yeah but like I think the, the, the piece of like the, the marginalized identity is really relevant here in that yet like everyone in society is treating you as a second class citizen and like looking at you like people would stare like we you know we'd walk down the street and people would just like stare like mm. all the time and that's just like mm. a bad feeling and mm. then 
um, there is a demonstrated like discrimination in the workplace and and there are really high murder rates for and like violence against trans people I don't think a lot of it is caused by watching Netflix shows uh, or like you know comedy jokes about trans people a lot of it is caused by like more interpersonal like relationships and, and dating and going out to and yeah interacting with people but all of that like is baggage that gets added on and it's like it's not just a joke it's a joke that yeah it's like really adding on to like all of these already existing harms um yeah i i mean i agree with that i think it would be very hard to be trans like i would yeah uh in in society because yeah i do think it's i mean it's still unusual and uh, like people are still not super comfortable with it right uh and so yeah you're gonna get looks and get weird treatment from everybody and i do think like um if there's any group that is marginalized it is probably the trans community um yeah it's it's so i guess it's like i think there's a legitimate moral argument that you shouldn't make those jokes uh that are hurtful to people right um however like i also wonder I mean, because people aren't just people aren't just saying Dave Chappelle made mean jokes in this special, right? Like they are saying he should not be able to say these things. Like we should, it should be taken off Netflix. Like Netflix should not host this. He, this should not be. He should not be allowed to say these things. So, yeah, I don't know. That's where I am confused about it because I just think even though I can see that it's mean uh, and I can see that it hurts people. I mean, I also think all sorts of jokes are mean and, and, and hurt people. And like, there's a butt of the joke and you know, like how, how, how much did people make fun of Donald Trump? Right. Like there was like statues of him with like a tiny penis and they're like, like he's just like, and so like, if you're not allowed to make jokes that could be like upsetting to people, then is, is that stuff off limits too? Or, you know, I guess somebody would say, well, he's not a part of a marginalized group, Mm -hmm. but then I don't know, like people that are not part of marginalized groups kill themselves all the time. Like, and I, yeah, but not, I I mean, not for reasons related to their identity so much well i mean i think on a certain level suffering is suffering right like if you are if you're suffering like so much to the extent that you kill yourself and you know um and i guess like yeah so like you would say like a like a white 
like construction worker who commits suicide is not is not doing so because of jokes about white construction workers um but i don't know like like there's jokes there's a lot of jokes about poor people or ugly people or fat people or like people that like single people or just or dumb people you know do you know what i mean like um and like i mean you like i just don't think it's there's a clear clean causal connection between jokes and and suicide among trans people that like just is not applicable at all to like cis people or like people who we haven't deemed to be marginalized I mean, you can't prove that the connection is there or, like, not there. I guess, like, yeah, it's just a, a hard thing to, to draw a line to. But I don't think that you have to, like, go to as far as, like, what is it going to cause people to, like, kill themselves more. You know, it's, I think, to me... And, and we have, as a society, like I said, like, moved away from a lot of these jokes. Like, people don't make fat jokes, really, anymore. And if they do, then it's like, they're, like, radical for making that kind of a joke when that's not... And I think that's okay that we've, you know, like, matured in our humor and, like, gone to a point where we still have a lot of comedy. We still have... There's plenty of stuff that you can laugh about. It doesn't, I mean, do we really need this category of laughing about other people and their, like, their identities and things that are really important to them? And, like, I don't know. I think, I think there is definitely this, like, free speech component. Like, there is a question of whether it, I don't think it should be illegal to make offensive jokes. But I think it's okay for there to be this social pressure of let's let's just stop. Let's just be nicer to each other and like not make fun of people. I, I, that's the world I want to live in. Mm-hmm. So what did you think about, like, I mean, the Chappelle, like he didn't just make mean jokes. Like he also told this story, right, about his friendship with a trans woman. Uh, who ended up committing suicide. And, like, interestingly, I'm pretty sure I saw this woman perform. Uh, I went to this comedy, this little comedy performance at Airbnb once. My wife used to work for Airbnb. And there was a bunch of San Francisco comics. And apparently this this trans female comic was based in San Francisco. And, yeah, like, I remember watching the set and it was it was pretty good and like it was just it was interesting to me because like i'd i guess hadn't interacted with many trans people uh before that um but this yeah she like she was pretty funny and just like pretty like open and comfortable it seemed uh with herself um yeah but but i guess what i was kind of getting at is like do you not think that that part was actually like pretty humanizing? Like, I mean, what do you, what do you think of the argument that like, 
you know, if a group is actually seen as equal, then you can sort of, you can joke with them and you can poke fun at them because like, I mean, he pokes fun at black people a lot too, right? Like his own group, he pokes fun at white people a lot too. Like, so like, like would, would not like seeing trans people as fully equal entail that they can be the butt of jokes and we can see the, the humor in life and, and like, cause I'm sure every community has the ability to like laugh at them, laugh at themselves. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think, you know, trans jokes from a trans person are like trans comedians do make jokes about trans people and being trans and like hmm. that. It, but it's usually not, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I could maybe see someone making it like an impossible burger, <laughs> impossible pussy joke, but um, I think usually they're not as offensive. Um, yeah, I, I think I think you're right that like in the in a perfect society, then we would be able to just like poke fun at anyone, and it wouldn't be like offensive, but given that like we're not really there yet and we're pretty far from being there like like no matter what metric you look at trans people's experience there is just worse and and by a lot in in our society and so i don't think you can just like wish like will it to be that way or try to make it that way by making jokes that's not gonna it's not going to do it. It's not going to solve the problem. And not by like telling a whole story, a really humanizing story about this person who like you met and had disagreements with, and then like gradually came to like this mutual respect. And like, I mean, surely that, yeah, like that stuff's exactly what, what you need. And, and, you know, Chappelle's, like Chappelle's whole audience watched that stuff too, right? Like as well as the jokes. And I, I like, it's really like after watching the special, it's not, if we had some measure of people's implicit bias, if only mm-hmm. we did like some reliable <laughs> measure, it's not clear to me that that special would make them higher or, or lower. Cause there was a lot of really sort of humanizing, yeah. Humanizing stuff. I mean, I think it depends on... I think people... Since people have, like, such strong... Like, confirmation bias is a thing. Uh, whatever priors you come in with, you sort of would come out as, like, having stronger beliefs about it. And the story that he told about the trans comedian who ended up killing herself... Um, was the reason that she did that was because she was being harassed, or at least that's what he was alleging. Uh, I don't know if they know for sure, but because she was being harassed by the trans community. And so you could take away from it that there's this Mm. identifiable victim who we really care about, and she's trans, and therefore we should care about trans people. Or you could take away that the trans community really sucks and that they're causing people to kill themselves and, like, that's more of a reason to hate trans people. 
what you're, you know, like the takeaway from it is not, at, it's not as clear to me, I guess, from the way you're framing mm. it, that it's necessarily a good thing. Mm. Yeah, I guess that's a good point. I kind of saw it as like, he was definitely criticizing a part of the trans community. Like the, the really sort of like angry mob yeah. part, but, but also making the point that trans people are much more than that. And, and, you know, and his friend was not part of that and, and sort of was, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So do you, hmm, in your, no, not, we're not in your perfect world, but if you were CEO of Netflix, would you pull that special down? I think I wouldn't, maybe I wouldn't put it up to begin with, but if it's already Mm. up, I probably wouldn't pull it down because I think there's a lot of, uh, like unintended consequences of doing something like that. And like you, Mm. one, you like end up reinforcing this like mob behavior that is not good. Like, I think it's, it's legitimate to, uh, criticize something. And I think that the criticisms are probably right in this case, but you can't try to like bully people into doing what Mm. you want. Um, Mm. and there, it is like a slippery slope and like, you know, next someone's going to be offended by something else. And like, then we're not going to have anything left to watch. (laughs) I mean, that is, that is a real risk here, I think. Like, because, I mean, Chappelle is really popular, right? And I think, like, the, his jokes, like, the, the observation that, um, you know, a trans woman's vagina is different to a biological female's vagina, like, that's a very mainstream kind of opinion, right? And so, like, yeah, that it's an interesting, like, let's say, you know, 95% of people in society think that, um, but the special, the special gets pulled down. Yeah. And the, the message is that like, you, you cannot say that, like, it's too hurtful to this community to hear that. So regardless of the fact that you all, kind of think that and it is like technically true in at least some ways um it's really important to this community to never hear that so you're not allowed to say that yeah i i i do think there's i do think that in itself could be causing resentment of the trans community. Yeah, definitely. You know? Yeah, that's like the kind of thing yeah. we're saying is like you have all these unintended consequences and like it wouldn't necessarily be good for either side to just like pull it yeah. now. Um, but... And this was sort of... Yeah. This was sort of... I think the it was paywall so I couldn't read it but Jesse Single wrote a piece and he was kind of saying this is like you're like 
you sort of like it's kind of a minority opinion now right like that you shouldn't say this dave Chappelle shouldn't make these jokes that should special shouldn't be on netflix um and he was just saying like if 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 you guys want to convince the rest of the society or get them to sort of think your way like i think the approach that you've taken in this pod to like talk about sort of the pain and hurt that those jokes cause people and like try to reason and try to get people to understand and try to try to get people to empathize is almost definitely going to work much much better than like just rage and demonization and name calling um because like i don't know like I, i think you have a i think you have a good argument like when you just talk about on this very micro scale this this person's experience and how it feels to them to like hear that kind of joke um and it's you know like yeah i just like i do think that that's just a much better strategy for this minority to win over the majority than like just sort of yeah appeals to authority or like yeah just sort of like anger and and insults and um like banning people or like just trying to like almost treat people as if they'll they'll never change they can't be reasoned with they're just they're just bad evil people that need to go away and be cancelled and have their specials pulled off air and, and stuff like that yeah i agree i think like that if i if i were the ceo of netflix i would want to try to like I would want to create the space and like give an opportunity for someone to make their own special show whatever to like Mm -hmm. as a response or just you know if they want to make sure that the voices of trans people are heard in whatever format you know whatever whether it's a tv show or a special or documentary or whatever it is um I think that would be a much better response the one the sort of like pushback that I think you would get from people is like one, like it, it seems like a little unreasonable to be like policing people's feelings. Like it sounds a little bit like you're saying, you know, it's not okay. It's okay to disagree, but it's not okay to disagree while you're angry. And like, you need to calm down first. And like all that just Mm. sounds bad. Although it, I think it's true in terms of, effectiveness right like you are gonna be much more effective in your trying to convince people if you present things in a nicer way but people don't like to hear that um yeah 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 and i i I, it's yeah like it's understandable to be angry if you're you're personally affected by it uh, or like you are closely connected to people personally affected by it but like i almost feel like you we never get to the this the core argument of like why why this is hurtful Mm -hmm. you know like it's people like i was reading this netflix employee uh writing about it and was saying like she said something like what well, like she said i'm i'm trans woman and i like i work for netflix i used to love dave chappelle but i can't 
I can't work with Netflix anymore because he's denying my existence. You know, and it, and like, I don't know. I just think like that's that's pretty un unconvincing to me because like I don't think he is right. Like he's he's kind of being mean in the sense of like reminding you about something that you that is hurtful for you to be reminded of that like there are physical biological differences between you and a woman yeah right but that's i just think that like this 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 language this escalation in language of like he's denying my existence and like and somebody on the other side would say well how is saying something that's true that there's a difference between a trans woman's vagina and a biological female's vagina how is saying that denying your existence like it this it actually doesn't make sense right. if if you break it down right so like can we yeah like you know like it's not my place yeah like to police people's emotions and stuff like that i, I just think like we you know we, all, all, all you see or all you hear are the just the sort of labels that's transphobic, you're transphobic, you're being transphobic, or just these sort of overblown yeah. statements like you're denying my existence um, and you don't get to the real sort of compelling, convincing reasons why maybe we shouldn't be telling those jokes or like have specials. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah. I haven't like read many... Um, Mm -hmm. sort of like articles or see, seen much of trans people reacting to this so yeah i'm not sure like there might be some more in-depth responses where people like really get into it and or maybe not um it's kind of hard mm -hmm. like i feel like a lot of where i'm seeing things is just on twitter where it's like you know you're just seeing a tweet and mm -hmm. obviously that's not going to have much nuance and context to it so mm -hmm. yeah and then Another piece of this is that I wanted to bring up earlier is like, who are the people who are being offended? And so, you know, a lot of these cases and just like across all the ones that we've talked about, there are like the targeted people. So it would be like trans people or I guess black people. Um, or basic bitches, I think. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like the targets of the offense, and then there's the allies who, like, are, you know, are getting upset for them. And oftentimes it seems like allies are sort of getting more offended than the, the actual demographic that's being targeted. And I think that is something that we need to deal with somehow. Like, we need to fix... That's, like, a broken part of our society right now is that, like, people... Mm. I think it's good to be out an ally and it's good to, like, support causes and support people who are maybe marginalized and can't really speak up for themselves. But if you're taking it even further than, like, the people that are actually offended, then that's causing this, like inflation of offense and, mm. and sort of making it harder to to get at things that are actually hurtful yeah and, mm. 
it's it's interesting too that like there's a real split between um sort of college educated uh sort of elites uh and sort of like the vast bulk of people mm-hmm. on a lot of these on a lot of these issues and so like sort of there was a really interesting um comparison made between um on uh Rotten Tomatoes between the audience score of the Chappelle special which was like 95% and then the critic score which was 35% uh and i think um yeah people were sort of talking about this as like look at this look at this gap between like the elites who are like trying to tell people you should not like this yeah. this is not good you should not like this and like the rest of society which who are just like no well, we we do like this so yeah the 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 so, and i think there's that's a real problem in the society because i think there is widespread resentment that there's this quite privileged, quite well-off, quite insulated sort of community of elites in in like so just gathered in certain large cities in the country, telling everybody what they have to think and what they have to what they're allowed to laugh at and what they're allowed to say and what what they're allowed and they might be right, right? Like like you know, I I'm pretty convinced after talking to you that like that that joke should have been left out of the routine. Um, so they, they might be right about a lot of things, but I also think like it's, it's a problem when you have this small, pretty well off privileged sub subsection of society sort of taking it on themselves to like enforce like, like like very quickly changing like moral rules and standards uh over the rest of society um and man yeah i just think it again calls for a little bit of patience and uh an understanding and and um yeah just like a bit of a a bit of a lighter touch with it all uh you know because it's like i mean yeah like there's like there is a lot i just i just know that there's a lot of people that are are very resentful of being sort of talked down to and and having these having these people just like constantly be coming up with like new new things that they're not allowed to say and and new new rules and stuff like that which yeah um while well-intentioned i think is causing a lot of division and resentment and um yeah yeah is is part of a worrying trend overall i think i think like the conclusion of all this like my takeaway is that people who are offended need to like try to communicate that in a in a way that like yeah, like to actually genuinely try to get people to understand their their point of view, which I agree, like not enough people do. And I get the sort of pushback of like, well, it's not my responsibility to educate you and you, can, you know, don't police my feelings and all that. But at the same time, 
people care about themselves and they are the ones who are the best advocates for their own causes and you know the best thing like I like I want our world to be a better place where people aren't constantly reminding trans people that they're not good enough but if the best way to do that is to have trans people like speak up and talk about their experiences in a more like empath empathizable kind of way then if that's the route we have to take then we should take that route even if, if that means like more mm -hmm. responsibility on their end this all really seems like your research area how is that <laughs> is it the thing like how how to get people to like yeah the science of moral disagree understanding and people who disagree bridge to like divides yeah talk talk to each other I, and I mean it is it does tie into like uh the paper that was published like from our lab i wasn't on it but it's like basically um by emily cuban and other people in the lab uh that personal experiences are like one of the best ways to get people to understand mm. your point of view like if you talk about facts and you're like here's why uh, it's bad to to have like gun control or here's why it's good to have gun control and you just like spew facts at people then they're they don't care about it and they're just gonna like continue to hold their view but if you're like someone in my family was killed by a gun and like mm. you just talk about how it mm. hurt you personally um, or mm. like I'm scared at, to be alone at night and that's why I need to have a gun like those are the kinds of things that people latch onto and care about, and like, yeah, we have good evidence that that is, yeah, a good way to to bridge those divides. So, mm. yeah, just, I saw I saw that paper. I saw that paper. Um, I kind of thought we already knew that, but it's like okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, isn't all of psychology just like things that we yeah, know that now we yeah. have data for? It's so true. I'm. I have this problem with my. So my advisor, my new advisor, John, he's a very brilliant guy. He's a very brilliant guy, but like, he's just really, really good at like any idea you pitch to him. He's just like. Well, what, what's so interesting about that <laughs> <laughs> you know like what, what's that gonna add what like and it's like what, really like we're gonna sit here until i come up with like something that's like actually genius like that's not gonna happen i was like i just think it's so easy to like say that about anything in psychology yeah and that's like, so funny because like, kurt is like the opposite he'll just be like yeah, yeah go collect the data we'll figure out how to make it sound interesting like later and yeah, he does yeah. and like you know it turns out good and that's what everyone's doing so i don't feel bad about doing that anymore yeah um, yeah i mean that's what i've always done just just get an idea and you just start playing around and it so far it's worked out all right but yeah i guess like it is true that i haven't um come up with any major scientific breakthroughs yet but <laughs> That's fine. You can succeed in our field without, <laughs> without coming up. Uh, okay. Um, I need to go walk the dog. Um, I think that was a good discussion. I, yeah. I like, I think, um, I think yeah. you, uh, you, you brought a lot to the table in this part. It was, it was good. It was good.
it's good yeah. good co-hosting thank you and uh so so what are you gonna dress up as for halloween oh um i don't know actually i think my wife's gonna be a dinosaur and hugo's gonna be a dinosaur and i'm gonna be sam neil from jurassic park nice so i think he was a, supposed to be australian so i'm kind of caricaturing my own people i think it's okay if you I'll do it though like, yeah yeah totally uh i have the right what are you gonna do? well i'm leaving for my honeymoon on halloween day yeah, so yeah, right, i think right, i'll skip right. the costume but um oh well, yeah really weird. guess i'll Sounds dress good. up Sounds as good. a wife <laughs> <laughs> cool well if i don't speak to you muscle tough thank you all right is, is that offensive that's, yeah that's <laughs> cultural appropriation <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, oi vey, I'm such a schmuck, oh such a schmuck, <laughs> oi vey. Um, sorry, sorry, sorry.